Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. My voice is two octaves deeper than the bozos you're about to listen to. But at least when they think, they do it hardly. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah? Oh, yeah. What's, what's going on there? Not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's it's real here. So we're we're just staying inside. Yeah, with the virus. Sorry, with the virus. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We've yeah, been Saint watching. Louis County is pretty bad, so we're being yeah. being careful. Okay. Well, just stay tucked in as much as you can. I guess I don't know what else to tell you. Wear a mask and. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's all pretty obvious at this point. <laughs> Hold on. Hang on a second. <laughs> the dog is making a... Okay, there we go. All right. Just trying <laughs> to get comfortable. <laughs> all right. How's Danica doing? She's doing good. Yeah. She had... Last week, she was working from home. I think she's... Uh, Friday, I know she was back in, in the building. So I don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. Man. I don't know. We got a couple more months of lots of uncertainty, I would say. Yeah, some weird stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. All it's right. Been a rel- it's been a relatively calm week in Trump world. Let me give you the highlights, okay? And we'll, we'll circle back on a couple of them. Okay, so last Sunday, this is exactly a week ago, Trump did this wild, unhinged interview with... Fox personality Maria Bar- Bartiromo, I think is what her name is. She's a, I think she's like a, a financial person, um, but I couldn't really tell from the interview. I did listen to the whole thing. Retired uh, Army Lieutenant General and momentary National Security Advisor Michael Flynn took time away from celebrating over his pardon last week to endorse a petition calling for Trump to impose martial law and redo the election or to prepare for civil war. Did you hear that? I did not hear that. Yeah, it's a We the People convention, I think is what it was. We the People convention in Ohio. It's like a, a Tea Party offshoot. This guy is circulating a petition calling on Trump to <clears throat> to impose martial law and um, and redo the election. And and Michael Flynn retweeted it with some um, some in, endorsing hashtags or something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. That. That call for martial law was seconded by some guy named Scott O'Grady. He's a former U.S. fighter pilot, a conspiracy nut, and a recent Trump appointee to the post of Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Affairs. O'Grady's also said that Trump won the election in a landslide fashion and that Biden's victory is a coup attempt. Okay. Oh, okay. Scott Atlas. Do you know this guy? I've heard the name. Yeah, Scott Atlas. It sounds perfect. It sounds like something out of a, a movie. Scott Atlas is he's the he was the special advisor to the president. He was the guy that was saying that we didn't need to worry so much. Just protect the old people. Let the let the virus run its course. Um, 
He is not an epidemiologist. He is not a virologist. He is not a public health expert. He's a neuroradiologist who is, I believe, whose license in neuroradiology is lapsed. He's a, a, a professor. No, he's a senior fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford. So he resigned his post as special advisor to the president. I think he was only allowed to work for like 180 days. So I think his time was, his time was literally up. Attorney General Bill Barr admitted that he hasn't seen any evidence of widespread voter fraud large enough to change the results of the election, which raised questions about whether he'll even keep his job (laughs) until the 20th of next month. Trump appointed White House liaison to the Department of Justice is barred from entering the Department of Justice building after rummaging around and asking people on the DOJ staff for details about ongoing investigations. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't hear that one. Yeah, she's locked out, like physically, like really locked out. She's not allowed to come in the building. And she's the liaison between the White House. And I mean, so things are a little rough between the Department of Justice and Trump right now. FBI is reported, which is part of the DOJ, is reporting uh, reportedly investigating attempts to trade a bribe for a presidential pardon. This is pr- apparently fairly old. Like started earlier, I don't know, maybe this year, maybe even last year, maybe even before that. The guy who was helping has has passed away. He's a like a real estate guy in California or something like that. Hmm. Trump pondered issuing preemptive pardons for members of his own family as well as for his buddy and personal lawyer Rudy Giuliani. Did you hear that? I didn't. I didn't hear. Well, I've heard some stuff about pardoning. I honestly think that even if it's true, it's like you don't have anything to worry about, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for that, yeah, that's your that's always been your point. Like the pardon is just a, a more formal version of what's going to happen anyway. No, it's um, just I think it's just a that's like a paranoid move. Like Flynn, I think that's one thing because Flynn, that's someone that they can they can hurt without sort of it being a threat. But you can't do that to presidents. You can't do it to pre, you know members of presidents' families. Otherwise, you're just painting a target on yourself. Yeah. So Flynn, that's, that's, Flynn's different. And I think that's why they get mad at, at him for pardoning people like Flynn. It's because, you know, that's someone that I think they probably would like to see go to jail or at least lose their, their clearance. Mm. Um, huh, interesting. But Trump, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, maybe it doesn't matter so much for them either way if Flynn, you know, I just think they don't like Flynn. And it's more of like a, he doesn't have the protection around him based on his status that Trump does. So that halo. It's yeah. It's more just like you know. It's it's an understanding. I missed the last part there. Sorry. I was saying I think it's an understanding that, that I see. They have. Okay. Not not really necessarily because I think other if it really was understood, Trump wouldn't be thinking about any of this stuff, but well, it's just, I mean, this is a report that he's pondering it. He might be, I mean, he might be asking about it, but who knows? I don't know. The The interesting thing for me about this, I didn't understand it is that preemptive pardons are really not very well, you know, it's not clear that they're actually legal. And so to, to make them as secure as possible, you have to make them as narrow as possible, as de- as specific as possible, which would put Trump in the position of sort of specifying what behaviors he's worried about for <laughs> yeah. his family, right? Right. So that probably won't go anywhere. I, I'm I'm guessing not for the reasons that you know. I I don't know. It just seems like it's a pickle for him. 
Okay. Two more things this week, and then I'll, then I'll review quickly what happened in the Biden world. Okay. Uh, Trump aired a 45-minute diatribe, or, his, or what I like to think of as his top hits, about why he won the election. And he aired it on Facebook because mainstream media refused to even cover it. It's interesting. I mean, I finally crossed the line, I guess. And then Trump calls, Brian, uh, calls Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia to ask him to convince the state legislature to ignore Biden's victory and appoint their own slate of electors who would give Trump the state's votes in the Electoral College. Kemp declined, and then Trump attacked Kemp on Twitter. Yeah. So. Yeah. Georgia's – that's such an interesting one too because people – are freaking out about him basically kind of jeopardizing these special elections um, yeah. by, you know, calling into question whether the, the, there's any reason to vote if it's all, if it's all a sham. Um, and people are saying, well, you know, these guys aren't going to do anything for Trump. Why should I vote for these Republicans? Wait, who's, who's not going to do anything for Trump? Oh, the I see. The, the yeah, Georgia it. Republicans, yeah. the got Senate it. Republicans, basically, they've put themselves in a position now where there is. I mean, I was a little bit skeptical about this at first, but I've seen some some buy-in from like real conservatives on Twitter um, of basically doing their own kind of boycott type thing and, and saying like, "Well, screw you guys. You're not going to do anything for Trump." So why would I vote for these guys in this runoff election? I don't know if they're Georgian, so it may not matter. Yeah, it may not matter. It also, you know, the logic may not matter, right? I mean, you, this is the thing that one of the things, one of the many things that I've started to learn or at least, you know, become aware of. It, it may be completely fine for Trump to, in, the same, in the same rally to say that the Republic, that the, that Georgia you know, is full of fraud and they stole the election from me and I really won Georgia and get out and vote. Your vote matters. I mean, it may be that the people he's talking to, um, that, that contradiction may not matter to them at all. No, that's right? exactly words, what I was they're, saying. They're both, I, they're, both, they're both arguments to vote for conservatives or to vote for Republicans. And maybe that, like, maybe the people that are going to, that he wants to get out and vote, don't have any problem. Either they're not aware of it, or they don't have any problem with a logical inconsistency. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. So I, I, I thought that at first, and I was like really skeptical of the media uh, line that, that like this is going to convince people. And then I saw people on Twitter like actually arguing that, like right. people that you know that like. Um, like young Americans for Liberty, like that, that like college organization and stuff like people just outright saying like, why should we vote for you if, if you're not going to fight for our guy? Yeah. Um, which is, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny. Um, so what do you think's happening with the, the Republicans in Georgia that are just basically saying this is this, the, this election was fine. There's no evidence. I mean, are these just Republicans who are, they've just drawn the line and they're not going to, they're not going to, that's, they're not going to, they're not going to give that up just to support Trump? Or do they think it's pretty clear that they're not, they're not giving anything up because Trump's down the drain? I mean, on I this think, election. 
it's hard to say. I mean, I think the logic could be based on each person, but I also think you have to keep in mind, these are all people that could go to jail. <laughs> like those are people, those aren't Trump. These are just yeah. normal people. So if they commit crimes for Trump, they can go to jail. Got it. So this is, so, let me just, I know we, there's other stuff I want to get to, but this is actually really interesting. Just So just back up and tell me how you approach, you use this as an example of how you think through things. So here's Georgia. Trump is saying uh, it was stolen. There's not any good evidence. Every time he makes a case, the people in power there, the secretary of state, it's to some degree the governor, uh, people who work for the secretary of state, you know, the IT guy or whatever he is, the systems guy, you know, these people are all basically saying what appears to me to be factually true. Trump is asking for them to do something. He's like down to some, you know, pretty long Hail Mary kind of moves. There's a special runoff with two senators. The control of the Senate potentially hangs in the balance, depending how things go. So when you think this so is very interesting, what you just said, you just said, you know, well, they're like, it's not they're like they're all going to have the same reasoning for doing this. It could be, you know, on a case by case basis, they may be using different, there may be different things driving what they do. How do you like, wh where do you start when you see something like this? Can you unpack it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's, it's kind of based on my own intuition. So it's not really that much of like a scientific process, you know? Um, I mean, I am pretty much just going with my gut here. Hmm. And I think it's more of like leveraging sort of when, what makes people feel vulnerable? Like if you are one of these guys who's just a mid-level Republican, you can't really just do illegal stuff and feel completely safe doing it. Like even, I mean, you could get pardoned, but again, you know, that's not going to save you from all convictions. It's only federal. And, you know, I, I don't know. That's the type of thing that I would see there being more interest in the mainstream Democrat line of like, okay, well let's actually go after this guy. So I think, but do it's, you go to that? Oh, hold on a second. But do you go to that? Like, it's interesting that you zero in on that issue, like the, the issue that there's not enough protection for them individually. And that alone would be enough to cause hesitancy among any of these folks that we're talking about. Right. That was you kind of zeroed in on that rather than I would have thought, OK, well, like, are these principled people or are they just balancing, you know, their short term interests versus long term interests? Are they afraid that? There are going to be enough Georgians that would be upset with them if they bowed to the like, you know, I'm going through all the re like I'm going through all these lists. And it's interesting that you zero in on this one thing that said you can you can I think you're saying this. It seems like you're saying this. You can it doesn't none of that other stuff matters. It doesn't mean that it's not true. But at the end of the day, they're not going to do it because even if they had no principles, even if they had blah, blah, you know whatever. Yeah. They're just not going to risk going to jail over this. And, and and I guess even if they got pardoned, that would be a real inflection or a change in their trajectory, right? Yeah. And, and it, I mean, that's the type of thing where if you were like, okay, Trump, these Trump people are going to be in charge of the party for, you know, decades, 
maybe you do something that's risky for them. I think most of these people are not like, don't see that as being likely, but to back up a little bit, I think it's kind of oversimplified. Like I, well, not even oversimplifying. I think the problem is that everyone, you know, in government or not has principles and is willing to, to break those principles for an important enough reason. Hmm. Um, you know, at least in some way, pretty much everyone. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's hard. It's, that's why it's hard to make these calls based on that is because it's, I don't know that guy. I don't know, you know, how principled he is. I don't know how much pressure it would take for him to, to deny those yeah. principles. I don't know how much it, like his important or his sort of perceived importance of these events would allow him to ignore his principles. But that's the thing. I think it's all in service of principles, whether or not, well, it's not all in service, but a lot of the thing is that you can kind of bypass the principles thing by just the the fact that it's for something that they do believe in, in a principled way. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I think I understand what you're saying. It, you know, f- this is a little fascinating to me and I don't know if you, maybe this, you either intend it or that's the whole point or you don't intend it at all, but your, the, your assessment here actually doesn't depend at all on whether there was fraud or not. I mean, it only peripherally or secondarily depends on whether there's fraud. In other words, the, whether there's fraud or not, um, speaks to the level of risk that these people would face if they did what Trump wanted. Because if there was, in fact, fraud there, um, or enough of it, then they could maybe cover their rear end by demonstrating that there was demonstrating. You know, they could avoid getting into charged with a crime, right? They wouldn't be breaking a law. They, they could well, they could make yeah. the case that they weren't breaking a law. I mean, but I most, think that mostly mostly with the calculation that you're doing or the assessment that you're making, really doesn't depend so much on whether there's fraud or not. Um, it just depends on whether the person in the at, at this time feels like they like this. This would be a case in which you would walk away from your principles if the principles applied, and what it might cost you. And in this case, you're saying it just didn't, like it would that calculus doesn't make too much sense. Yeah, it's so it's also a little more complicated than just that because I think if there were evidence of fraud, they would absolutely go for it because. You know, yeah. that's helpful to them. But I guess I'm kind of taking that as like a uh, – basically that they don't have good evidence for this. This is this is part of it too. I think the risk is mostly borne by the people making the case usually. And how that mm-hmm. normally is done is with lawyers that go to court and argue things. So it's not this guy's job to – to make the call. He just would, you know, he could put the responsibility on another party of saying, well, look, they investigated this. Here's what they found. And so I can just, I can just say based on their investigation that there was enough fraud and, you know, we can blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That hasn't happened. And so like I was saying a couple times or a couple of conversations ago, you know, I was, I was, waiting for this because you never really know before they actually try to argue these cases. I don't know if there's, if there's like widespread voter fraud. I don't think there is, 
but that's you know you can't it's it's like proving a negative you can't really do it so it's i was more just like i i don't think that's the case but i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing what evidence these guys come up with yeah and it's been pretty much nothing um yeah yeah okay so I, little- I, yeah that's that's sort of where i come to it it's like i'm assuming that it's not true because there's been no evidence and like it it would be in everyone's interest on that side if you could prove there was like a big problem with voter fraud in the country. Yeah. Here's a little podcast magic. I'm going to adjust my mic. Hold on a second. It's going to be a little loud. (laughs) Okay. All right. So it's interesting. You said it's hard to prove a negative. You can't. Yeah. I mean, you can't prove that something it's hard to prove that something didn't happen. Right. Yeah, I mean, you can the, – the way that you would say it's unlikely is, like, you ask someone to explain how this stuff happens and, like, nine times out of ten, it's basically something that's, like, is completely so fraudulent that, like, having sort of observers would make it almost impossible for that to be the case. Um, like, the the idea that they're just, like, bringing in just a bunch of fake mail-in votes. It's like, well, find me some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the other thing is, is basically, you know, this whole, like, well, there's more people on the rolls than there are, you know, in the city, which is like, yeah, there's plenty of cases of like, if you've moved, you're probably on multiple voter rolls, but what are you, are you going to go and take a little road trip? to a bunch of different places and try to vote in them. I mean, I guess you could, but can like, I've seen like five examples of that ever. Yeah. And uh, like at least two of those were people voting Republican. So it, it, it's just one of those things where like, it's kind of a ludicrous sort of method that they're, they're proposing this as being done by, especially if it's enough to provide millions of or hundreds of thousands of votes in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way I think about it is that it's, it's an extraordinary claim for the reasons that you just said. I mean, it's either somebody is controlling, you know, the, the, what happens after the paper ballots, if there are paper ballots, you know, like screwing around with the systems, right. Which wouldn't require, wouldn't require a lot of people. And you could have a lot of, you know, you could, maybe you could switch a lot of votes or gin up a lot of things. But there are protections against that. And, I mean, th- but that's, you know, that would be one way to do it. None of that's really panned out. I mean, all the claims that they're making, almost all of them are completely ludicrous. I mean, you know, the votes being tabulated someplace else. That, 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 does, that, that doesn't happen. It literally doesn't happen. It, the tabulators are sitting right there. Um, so it would be either that. Or what's even more far-fetched, I think, is the other explanation is you got to have tons and tons of physical ballots, and then you got to cook the, you know, you got to somehow cook the polling books with those, unless they're mail-in ballots, and then you got to somehow get the mail-in ballots. <laughs> you know, they have to actually go through the mail, yeah. and then you got to think about thousands or tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of ballots like being moved around the state and dropped in mailboxes. I mean, it's a big deal. So the other, so it's either, it's either a 
computer, you know, an electronic sort of digital sort of scam, or it's literally stuffing the ballot box. And the second one requires a lot of people, and there would be, I mean, the the lid would be, blow off of that really quickly, right? You, yeah. you can't find enough. You can't find enough people to do the physical work and keep them quiet. So I think that I think that I'm ag- I agree with you. I don't think you, I think you should never say never. And for sure, there's fraud. The question is, is it fraud that's big enough to do anything? And is it, you know, is it this this kind of fraud that normally happens or the hiccups or whatever that normally happens? And I just don't, I mean, I think it's incumbent upon them to to come up with extraordinary evidence if they're going to yeah. back up this extraordinary claim. And it, that's hasn't, that apparently just hasn't, just hasn't shown up, including these videos of the, you know, they're saying that, People were the Republican poll watchers were told to leave, and there's a video, and they pull up suitcases and start running them through the running them through the tabulators, and you know it all sounds nefarious and it all looks kind of spooky until you learn that those suitcases are just the normal secure boxes that they use to transport ballots, and it doesn't seem so nefarious if you turn off the scary you know voiceover from from the OAN network. Yeah, that's that's the thing is it's it's all based on this extremely circumstantial stuff which you know it's I think the thing is that it's it's more uh I think it's more of a of a strategy of getting people who are not involved in the process at all um to think one way or another about it. Yeah. I think that's that's really the point is yeah. is getting people to say you know, this is fraudulent based on these videos, not actually winning these cases. Well, it looks odd. I mean, it looks odd because we don't ever watch these things. You know, it doesn't, right? We haven't watched and hours it is and hours probably of probably extremely slipshod. I mean, think about it. Yeah. Like, think about how much work that is and think about how much work, like, our just Americans normally do. Yeah. Like, and we're, and, and this is like an extraordinary one where there's tons of these mail-in votes Normally, we're used to just having everything done by the end of the night. And so yeah. people, I'm sure, are running around like chickens with their heads cut off yeah. on election day. Yeah. Well, okay. Do you want to hear, do you want to hear, uh, uh, this is Biden's week. I know I spent a lot of time going through Trump's week. We'll circle back on some of Trump's. So here's my assessment of Biden's week. He He nominated somebody for a post who's, had some nasty tweets and she deleted oh, yeah. them. She deleted them. I'm very, very familiar with Neera Tandon. He, he announced that he, there's going to be a cat in the white house and he fractured his foot chasing the dog. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what we're going to talk about after January 20th. I mean, I guess Trump will still be doing Trump stuff. Well, we're going to talk about all the Mr. Magoo, Benny Hill stuff that Joe Biden gets up okay. to. Okay. Okay. Well, you've you've comforted me that there will still be material, and I yeah, guess there's like there, still there'll be, be some. There'll still. I mean, I think there'll still be a lot of problems to talk about for sure. The thing that sucks is that we're going to have Kamala around, and that's like basically having like a Hillary type in the you know, like just like none of your attempts to be funny will work. You know, it'll only be funny in spite of she'll only be funny in spite of herself. And I don't think it'll be they won't be that I, good. I don't think it'll be very entertaining. Yeah. Well, we'll figure something out. 
All she right. just has nothing to offer on really any level to me. Well, she could <laughs> surprise us. People do sometimes. I mean, you know, be an optimist. You told me. Try to enjoy the show. Okay, here's some clips from the Baritomo interview with Trump. Okay, and so the first clip I'm going to play is Trump's explanation, basically, about why the Republicans down ballot did better than he did. Okay, mm-hmm. here you go. And ballots, as you know, there were a lot of ballots where it was just Biden on top. They didn't do anything else because they were in a rush. And from what everybody is saying and from what I don't think we even have to prove this. They say that I was doing so much better than they thought that they panicked and they started just doing ballot after ballot very quickly and just checking the Biden name on top. (laughs) Ah. I love that. I love it. (laughs) There's a part that I really like here. Let's see if I can, if I can find it. Uh, How do I? And and, ballots, as you know, there were a lot. And, and, and okay, never ballots, mind. as you know, there were a lot of ballots where it was just by you know, the top. As you they know. They didn't do anything else yeah, because they were in a rush. You're in a rush. And from what everybody is saying, everybody's and saying. from what I don't think we even have to prove this. <clears throat> I don't even think we have to prove it. <laughs> They're just checking the things on the top. That's what he says. We don't even need to talk about it. We don't need to prove it. All right. Uh so that's the deal. That's why he that's why Biden did so well, but the Republicans down ballot. Didn't do well. It's that they were in a hurry and they were surprised that Trump was doing so well. It was a shock to them. And so they had a scurry filling out all those ballots. I don't know where they were filling out the tens of thousands of ballots, but that's his theory. Okay, here's here's a question about uh, Maria is asking Trump about the FBI and the DOJ. Where is the DOJ and the FBI in all of this, Mr. President? Missing in action. Can't tell you where they are. Don't know. Missing in action. Doesn't know a thing because his, his special liaison has been locked out of the building. <laughs> here, gets a little, here gets even a little more serious. Listen to what he says. He suggests that the FBI and the DOJ were complicit. This is total fraud. Oh, yeah. and how the FBI and Department of Justice, I don't know, maybe they're involved. <laughs> God. I mean, all right. So it's the same. I know I shouldn't be getting so wound up about this, but it just, you know, <laughs> he's, it's like he's burning down the house. Here. This this I really like. It's what's that? It was, it's already so like I don't know. It just seems so late for this. Like he already did the damage like well before this. You think? Yeah, and it's not him either. Like there's the, the people were like this. That's why Trump got elected. And yeah. those are the people that he's playing to. No, I don't know, and man. It's not, it just... it's, it's not their fault either. It's not their those people's fault. I don't think. What do you mean it's not their fault? The heck are you talking about? I mean, if it's only the only thing that makes sense, if you are someone who like basically the the insanity is like the only sort of thing that makes sense after you just like, oh, yeah, you're totally powerless. You can't change anything. Um, Oh, I see what you mean. Represents you or likes you or even respects you in the slightest will ever have power. I understand. There's a set of marginalized, disenfranchised people to whom he spoke. And, and, and they're not they, even they're not even necessarily like disenfranchised economically or even politically, but they don't feel that they're like the people that they're that they're mad at would be like, look, you just don't understand it. Just let me do my job. 
Yeah, like, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't they didn't they, respect them. They, they didn't ignored. respect the Republican voters. Yeah. Which is true. I mean, do you do you think I know I keep asking this question, but do you think there's enough of those folks and enough of folks on the left that are feeling like they're that they're also not being listened to that could somehow come together? <laughs> well, I think there's you know enough people. I mean? The coming together part that's a little, yeah, that's a little the tough shaky. Part. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I suppose it's possible. Like the problem is if the, I do think the problem is if you're doing well, I mean, otherwise doing well, I don't mean like the part you're like being disrespected and being ignored, not having your voice heard. Those are all really frustrating things. And, you know, I spent almost a year trying to be quiet. Like I just tried that uh, because it, it become clear to me that I had a, a big platform most of my life and I could talk and people would at least pretend to listen. No one would tell me to be quiet. And so I tried being quiet and it was really one of the most difficult things that I've done. I learned a lot, mostly that I can't be quiet. Um, but I also, I also got a taste, maybe not the taste that you've gotten, but I got a taste of how frustrating it is to, um, to not be heard. I mean, even if you're the one keeping yourself from being heard after a while, it's like, there's a, there's kind of this pressure cooker and you just feel like I'm like, you want to scream. I'm like, I am here, you know, pay attention to me, even though no one was actively putting me down. So that's what I mean by just a little, just a little taste. I don't know. I guess if there were enough people who were, who felt like the system was screwing them economically, that wouldn't necessarily be a left, right thing. It wouldn't be a black or a, you know, white thing necessarily, but you're saying that's not the case. There are some people who are doing okay economically, but still feel silenced or ignored or not respected, put down by yeah. elitists. Yeah, absolutely. And that elite thing is not a right or left thing. I mean, I think a lot of the time they'll say it's a left thing because it's a that's a that's a tactic. Yeah. But you know, they'll also talk about like rhinos and stuff the same way, where you know. It's like this is just some guy who's rich and wants to protect himself and doesn't care about me. Which it, I mean, it's like yeah, that's pretty much everyone in politics. But <laughs> I think the thing is, the thing that's that's crazy is that I think we're basically there policy wise, where people all pretty much want the same, not the same things, but they want similar enough things that we could start from a place and and you know get build. some stuff done. Yeah, I no. mean the the fact that it, I, what was it seven in ten people said that they were like that they wanted government run healthcare in the exit polls of that election. Yeah, it's in November, big, it's, yeah, it's a huge change if you just think like maybe even eight years ago or maybe six years ago. The issue is that it's all tied to these parties that no one likes. Yeah, so there's no way that that Republicans are ever going to offer you that bar none. And there's no way the Democrats are going to offer you that in a way that works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. The way that works, you know, the way that I just is my, the way that works requires some constraints on cost. That's what makes it sustainable. I mean, that's what makes it workable. Um, and it's not, it's not rocket science. Other countries have done it, but you have to be willing to take money, literally money away from doctors and hospitals and nurses and drug manufacturers and device manufacturers and like the, that whole delivery chain um, 
is is a you know it's not quite a monopoly, but it's it's got monopoly features to it, which means it exploits and extracts value that's not generating any. I mean, it extracts wealth that's not coming from generating value for for a large part of it, and so it's hyper protected politically. That's the challenge. Yeah, and I that's think the, that's that's the new business model of America. Basically, is these not quite monopolies. Um, I mean, I think the the Prop 22 stuff in California is kind of this is why people were willing to let Uber and and these companies lose money is because they're it's because they're going to create a monopoly or or like just basically starve out anyone who yeah uh, can't just lose money on their level. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like the business model is literally just having enough money to just siege the other person out. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I mean, you know, cable works that way, kind of. I mean, they've they've kind of already cut everything up pretty much. But, um, you know, like that's that's the business model. That's how everything works now. So I think that's why that's the biggest issue. And I think you see different sort of reactions to or sort of solutions to that that people want but like both parties kind of survive on that existing that's how people make money yeah it's so interesting you know the these the uh you know when there are these big mergers there's a huge review i guess it's the i guess it's the sec that does review maybe that i think that's right and it's the well, maybe it's depart. It's part of the Department of Justice, right? They have an anti. You know, there's somebody who's going in and looking and making sure that it's not not monopolistic. And the question is, is it going to be good for the consumers, or is it just going to be a way to, you know, to to apply uh, pressure? That's going to, you know, is it the shareholders that benefit or the consumers that benefit? That's basically what they're what they're looking at. But I don't think that the, I don't think they've caught up. That would be the most you know, generous assessment. Yeah. They, haven't caught, they haven't caught up to this. So there is a point, you know, so as you roll up a fragmented industry, there are advantages of to scale, right? So you have a small, you can have a smaller per person HR department, you can have a smaller per person legal department, you can have, you know, like there's all these things that, that, that can happen that benefit basically the cost of delivering a service or a good as you start to consolidate. And I think they've used these, I think the rules that they're using are probably, you know, way too old about how many, you know, how many large competitors you need in a space to stay competitive, right? Especially now that when the, now when, as we've talked about before, some of these big companies are really just standing between you and somebody else. So like Amazon, for example, right? They're not actually rolling up those businesses and Airbnb. They're not actually buying you know, houses and apartments and things like that. They're standing between them and then they're, and then they're squeezing the crap out of the, you know, the sque- squeezing the crap out of the people who own the apartment buildings or who are selling, you yeah, know, socks or whatever. Because they can afford to just not sell for as long as they want because they're just getting injections from investors. Yeah. 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 And I don't, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Here's, um, uh, can we take a quick break for a second? I've really got to pee. <laughs> Okay, we're going to take another another bit of podcast magic. We're going to take a break while Bobby pees. Are 
Are you interested in getting your message out to 10 or less loyal podcast listeners? Do you want to advertise your product or service in an ineffective manner? Well then, you should consider placing an audio advertisement right here on the Thinking Hardly podcast. Now, back to the riveting discussion. Okay, we're back. Uh, let's see. All right, here's Trump. This is more. This will be more like our vintage Trump. He goes, he's going to warn us what happens, what might happen if Biden takes office, and then he goes completely off the rails. Antifa is bad news. Nobody wants to do anything with Antifa except me. If I wasn't here, Antifa would be running this country right now. They'd be running the country. If I'm not here... I'm sort of your wall. You know, we're completing the wall. Like I said, I would. Everyone said you'd never be able to do it. I got, that's another one I got built. That's another one I got built. I got it built. I love it. I'm your wall. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there's something else in there. Listen, listen in the background. See if you can hear it. Antifa is bad news. Bad Nobody news. wants to do anything with Antifa except me. If I wasn't here, Antifa would be running this country right now. They'd be running the country. If I'm not here, I'm sort of your wall. You know, we're completing the wall. Like I said, I would. Everyone said you'd never be able to do it. I got, that's another one I got built. Yeah, that's another one I got built. Okay, you'll hear that in this one too. Okay, Maria's going to ask him about the role of big tech and censoring. <laughs> Listen to what she says. Big tech and the media have been censoring you and getting more aggressive at it. The president of the United States and others being censored Literally during a constitutional crisis, what can you do about it? <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so are we literally in a constitutional crisis right now? I mean, I guess you could call it that. Okay, well, you're being really nice to her. It doesn't really sound like. I mean, that's the thing. Is like Have technically, to the like point? every day is kind of a constitutional crisis. But well, but we haven't really. I mean, Trump has not said he didn't. He didn't lose. He said the election was rigged. He said if no, he, no, if what they, he said I won by a lot several times. I know, but he didn't say he's not going to leave the office. I mean, we're not in a constitutional. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting closer to a constitutional crisis. There's something else, though. Listen, you'll hear it again. You heard it in the first. Maybe you heard it. Listen again. Big tech and the media have been censoring you. Well, first of all, just listen to her. You and getting more aggressive at it. The president of the United States and others being censored. Literally, during a constitutional crisis, what can you do about it? What can you do about it? Okay, here's, here's what he says. But it's not really what he says. Just listen to what's going on. It's massively powerful. It's massively corrupt, the media and big tech. You know what I learned? What? Trump is a pen clicker. Listen. Oh, that's. What, I was trying to figure out if he's typing or something. Powerful. It's massively corrupt, the media and big tech. He's a pen clicker. Listen, here's from The Simpsons. If you've got to do something, click this pen. <laughs> Man, I wish I had one now. You can't listen to this. I got Check one with this. a cap. No, you, that doesn't work, man. You got to have like a cheapo clicker. Listen to this. There's a whole. So if you start looking online for pen clicking, there's a whole ASMR, whatever that is. It's like listening to noises. <laughs> listen to this. Oh, help you relax. It's going to sound like a chiropractor pretty soon. All right. 
It sounds like someone playing spoons. Yeah, yeah, it does. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Need a banjo to come in over that? Yeah, right. Uh, That's a good idea. No, man, I got so much work to do. (laughs) All right. Here's what we've been waiting for. This is the Michigan hearing on uh, voter fraud. Okay. This is the one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard this one. This is what this is what <laughs> there's lots of good content from this one. Yeah, this is what I like to call odor in the court. <laughs> answer okay. that I gave you is they didn't bother to interview a single witness. <laughs> that again. Answer that I gave you is they didn't bother to interview a single witness. He gets it right in between those two words. The video is great because Jenna Ellis like swings her head around. She does right it both times. She does oh, it both she? times. There's yeah, there's another I, I one. I didn't get the I didn't get the other one. Man, you should watch the YouTube video I sent you. I think it was before that one, oh. but that, that's the good one. There was another one oh. that was like he. I think he more. He was a little more successful in covering it up. Here, I've isolated it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Great, thanks. Hang on, I want to pull up. Let me just hang on, just a second, everybody. Let me just pull up. What's our podcast called? Thinking hardly. <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, episode fifteen. Uh, audio. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up one more. This is one of their this is one of their witnesses. This is an Indian woman who's complaining about. Oh, yeah, I heard this one too. There you go. The other representative said that you can actually show up and vote without an ID. It's shocking. How can you allow that to happen? Like, a lot of people think all Indians look alike. I think all Chinese look alike. So how would you tell? <laughs> Here she goes. If some chow shows up, you can be anybody and you can vote. And if somebody with my name, you can't even tell my name. Anybody can vote on my behalf. So she goes on to say that it's really critical that they use voter ID, you know, like have voter ID and everybody applauds. And but if you go look in Michigan, you actually have to have you have to have ID to vote. There isn't you can fill out an affidavit, but but you really have to have you really Well, that's have the to. thing. I mean, you that's the issue yeah, yeah. You have to be on the like, yeah. It's it still doesn't make any sense because if then more than one person shows up with your name, are they going to allow that person to vote? Is that really how it works? They have. You, I think what they do is a provisional ballot. I think that's typically what happens. If there's some question about the polling book that can't be resolved right then and there, then they have you fill out a provisional ballot and they try to they try to square it away when they can. Yeah, I believe so that's what happens. Like prime content for trump to be like trying to do something on but instead of that you get this yeah i mean that's i think that's more to my point where like this is just kind of like we're really got like the d team here yeah hang on i'm gonna get my pen out keep talking (laughs) i'm trying to figure Uh, out what that's about um, I, I looked it up and it's, you know, people said it's nervous, that people are under stress. They're, um, it's just fidgeting. Yeah, it could be fidgeting. It could be cocaine. I don't know. It could be amphetamines. I mean, I'm not saying that. I've just heard some people say that, you know. Yeah, I but mean, I've, yeah. I've just heard people say that. Uh, all right. So it, so what you're saying is if you're, you're some chow just can't show up and, and vote. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's, I That's think, her point. Said. Okay, and um, here's the here's the creme de la creme. This is Melissa Carone, who's who's Tutti Giuliani's star witness. 
the, the poll book, the poll book is completely off, completely off. Off that by 30,000? I'd say that poll book is off by over a hundred thousand. Okay. So just to make it clear, she's being, she's, she's being questioned or being, yeah, not questioned, but not interrogated, questioned by an, a Republican house member. This is a, this is a, um, what's it called? It's a uh, oversight committee, Republican oversight committee in Michigan. So he's asking her these, he's asking her these questions. ID. Oh, sorry. Oh, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going whoa. on here? Whoa. Whoa. The, poll book, the poll book is completely off. Completely off. Off that by 30,000? Off by 30,000? I'd say that poll book is off by over 100,000. <laughs> that poll book? What? It's like the biggest number she could think of at the moment was 100,000. I bet that poll book was up by like a bajillion. Okay, here yeah, we go. she seems she seems fun. I gotta say. Yeah, I'm sure she is fun. Yeah, here we go. Here she's gonna turn she on. Sounds like she's having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like her. This might be her big. I don't know. Maybe she's gonna be like a. Maybe she'll have a satellite show with Trump. I don't know. The registered voters on there. How many registered voters are on there? Did you do you even know the answer to that? No, I guess it's, I'm trying to get the zero here. zero. There's zero. <laughs> This poor guy, he's just trying to like get to the bottom of something. And like, I'm just trying to find out, did you even, do you even know? What are you doing? What are you, did you prepare for this? Do you know? I mean, zero. There are zero registered voters in the poll book. I got to say, I got to say, you have to give her some credit. It must be so awesome to just like completely like run over uh like state senator or house representative. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just a. Just a government employee, it, it must feel so good to just, like, do that where there's no, it's not even a real conversation. <laughs> just makes me wonder. Must be if awesome. Is, do you think this is how she actually is? I mean, this is... What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you think, like, outside of this setting when there are no cameras and she can't, I mean, do you think she's just like this all the time? Do you, like, she goes to Starbucks and orders a coffee? Do you think she's, like... You know, well, I think I she's look at your menu. Probably, Do you know what your menu is? Do you know what the charge is for your? I would assume she's probably sober when she goes to Starbucks, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, that could be it. Well, that would explain it. Yeah, there's a little. Let's go back to the beginning. There's a. We'll get through this, but let's go back to the beginning. There's a little the slurry book, here. Yeah, I'm not the first person the to point book, this out. It's completely off. <laughs> completely off. Completely. Off that poll completely off. I'd say that poll book is off by off. over a hundred thousand. <laughs> that poll book. Huh? Why don't you look at the registered voters on there? Huh? How many registered voters are on there? Did you do you even know the answer to that? No, I guess it's, I'm trying to get the zero. Here. Zero. There's zero. So uh, whatever. Question then <laughs> is if the guess how many? Wait, what about what about how what 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 about the turnout rate? A hundred and twenty percent. So the poll book number. Okay, there, there's two things that could happen here. Either this I love this about this guy. He's just saying, okay, look, what, like, let's just if this is this is what happened. There's two things that could happen, right? He's going like break. He's gonna break it down. The poll book number. If ballots were called multiple multiple times, there, there's two options. Option number one <laughs> is that the poll book numbers are not going to match. They the, don't. The actual. 
not by thousands and thousands of votes. That's not what we see right now. You that, take a look again. Take a look again. Option number two is that they essentially were were filling in names of people who didn't vote. That, Dead that's, people too. So is that let's I guess, let is that Representative Johnson ask his question and then when <laughs> I he's thought that done, was his answer. Okay. Well, I guess uh, that, that's well, my my question here is why we're not seeing the poll book off by thirty thousand votes. That that's not the. What case. did you guys do? Take it and uh, do something crazy to it. <laughs> <laughs> she, Come on. she was talking about the poll book like it's a person. Do you even know the poll book? Huh? Do you know? <laughs> did you take the poll well, that's book? That's not what Jessica told me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She says, you know, the poll book. <laughs> did you take the poll book? Did you do something crazy with it? I'm just that's really my favorite. What, did you do something crazy with it? So I know what I saw. That they're filling in. I know what I saw, and I signed something saying that if I'm wrong, <laughs> I can go to prison. <laughs> okay, we're. I think, I'm going to ask you a, let a me, uh, question here. Yeah, let's let Representative <laughs> ask his question, and then don't interrupt him. And then <laughs> if you want to respond to it, that's fine. And, can you imagine? Uh, did you have more representative? Yeah, I guess I just want to keep following back up with the poll book. So are we saying that the poll book <laughs> is either wildly off or that they are, that they are filling in names? It's wildly off and dead people voted and uh, illegals voted. Okay. So that's my uh, answer. I think- <laughs> Gosh, this is it. This is where we are. I love I – mean, I- I do love I mean that's that's what I mean though. It's it's like at least you're seeing like just this is just like a normal person. Like there's no I haven't heard any expertise and that's that's the the that's what I mean with the the you know that uh Indian woman as well. It's it's like you just get to hear some great stuff now. Yeah. Um do, yeah, do you think yeah. do you think that these politicians when they you know this is it's Michigan I understand it's the state it's like the House of Representatives for the state of Michigan do you think that they ever thought that they would be taking this kind of flack from somebody I don't know maybe I mean it's not like that's a new thing it's just kind of like I think most people probably expect to kind of graduate out of having to deal with that yeah. after you get out of like more local politics. But I bet, I mean, I bet this kind of stuff happens. Not that, oh, you, you know what I mean? Right. In like it state happened. houses yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It, I bet that's pretty common. For sure. I mean, I guess that's right. I mean, yeah, I suppose that's right. It's just that there's not CNN and, and whoever else there, whoever it was that's taping this. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't CNN. I, I have no idea. But now it's like she's like a superstar. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, for now. I'll never forget her. Things move, things move pretty quick, dude. You got to yeah. think about it. I, I shouldn't say that. I say I'll never forget her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You just got to. never forget her. Yeah. Do you, like, think back to January and see how much stuff you could remember that happened that month? Yeah. Well, my girlfriend <laughs> from high school, I, you know, I said I couldn't remember, I couldn't remember homecoming in one of our episodes. My girlfriend from high school sent me a message and said, that really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said, I don't, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, but, watch your words. <laughs> no, it's like, I just told her, I'm like, I'm a mess. I don't, you know. <laughs> this is how it works now. Yeah. I've no. got about six months up here. That's it. <laughs> maybe i don't even know if i have six months up there and then and then stuff from when i was like three and a half years old yeah right <laughs> yeah that was the thing. you know when you were sending me text messages about new hampshire 
um, it really rocked me. Like, I, I don't know. It was really, I really want to go back there with you, but, but I'm afraid to go back there with you because it's <laughs> not going to be, I know, because I can't go back there with you. You well, know, you're yeah. not you. I mean, but I don't know. I mean, I just realized how, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I guess I didn't know I knew. Yeah, I think there's something kind of special about places that you used to be. And that is, you know, I mean, there's, there's in a way, it's not the same when you go back. But, uh, like, there's another, it's kind of a different sort of value of going back to places. Like, California, I think, is the example for me. Because I've, you know, yeah. I've been there so many times over such a long period of time that I've seen it change. Yeah. Um but I mean, it is, it's like, it's still, there's some really cool stuff about kind of going back and, uh, seeing places like from, I mean, even if it's not the same, like just going past where like Mel's was and stuff, it's just like, <laughs> Oh wow. You know what I mean? This was the donut shop and that's what we'd call it. A donut shop or yeah. donut stand. That's what we used to call them. Even if they were part of a, you know, donut stand <laughs> that we'd, that, that your grandparents would take you to. All the time. Yeah. Right? Do I have oh, that right? Yeah. I don't know who Mel yeah. was. It was run by Vietnamese folks, I, I think. I, I don't yeah, know. Maybe, right. maybe there was a Mel at some point. Or maybe that's Mel. I have no idea. You know, your grandfather, Poppers, my dad, is whenever, if you bring up donuts, just bring up, just do anything and bring up donuts. And he will tell you now about this donut stand that's across the street from where he lives now in Orange. And the thing that he'll tell you is that it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It never closes. That's kind of the line he will say. It never, ever <laughs> yeah. closes. It's not closed on Christmas. It's not closed on New Year's. It's not closed for cleaning. It's not closed. They're open all the time. That's what I'll tell you. We went there, and the donuts are really good. I mean, they're I was great. Say, I'm kind of annoyed he didn't mention it to us while we were there. Oh, man. Probably really? could have probably could have used some like 2 a.m. donuts or something. Oh, I mean, that's the weird thing. You know, we went at like, I don't know, three in the afternoon and there were fresh donuts. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I have no idea. Or maybe we're just, maybe we're out of the, you know, maybe we're off our, our donut game because there aren't donuts here. You don't get donuts here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're right next to, I mean, we haven't been to Donut Palace in a while. We're, we're pretty close to them. Yeah. Man, I remember that place. That's still, that's still in that family too. Is that right? Yeah, there's all wow. kids working there every time I'm there. That's fantastic. Good for them. Yeah, Good I mean, them. I was surprised because I did go after March sometime this year. And uh, hmm. they were still open. They're still, I mean, they just closed their indoor dining little area. Yeah. So they're still, they're still, they're operating right now, you mean, through the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. Still oh. Donut Palace, still, uh, I don't remember their name, but... Um, the family, Anne, yeah, Anne, whatever. I don't. It's oh, Anne, yeah. I think, is the the lady that owns it or runs yeah. it. Um, but I haven't seen her there. Uh, what would so, be your? And it's not a drive-through, right? It's just a donut. It's like a it's it's a donut shop. Yeah, yeah just a little yeah. donut shop. And do, what would be your go-to donut right now? Well, that's very. I mean, it depends on the place. You know, Mel's. I would always get the maple bars, but oh, the maple bars, we don't really get very good maple bars here. That's correct. That's true. 
You're right. There's, like a California maple bar is different than a Missouri maple bar. Yeah, or at least I don't like I don't like donuts enough to like try all different places and find good ones, you know. Yeah. Um But yeah, yeah, I don't know. That that was always my go-to. I guess from Donut Palace the classic is the cinnamon roll. Oh, that's also good. Man, you're naming some good ones. I know this could podcast completely switched gears. <laughs> <laughs> Not from me. I mean, we're not going to yeah, do Billy, Billy's not up, so we're not doing the the, the quiz show. So, oh, yeah, I, I guess we got to fill some time, huh? Well, no, I was just trying to clean, cleanse my palate. <laughs> you know, I was trying to end on a happy note. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, Gina's would be a maple bar also, and mine would be a maple bar. But something weird is happening to me, either as I'm getting older, as we're living here, where the where the desserts are not nearly as sweet. I've, 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 I've become slightly averse to really sweet things. So a maple bar would be, it might be on the, on the, on the edge. Like I might just want a plain cake donut and a cup of coffee that, and you know oh, what, wow, that, okay. is, that is what old men do. That's true. That's true. Right? I, I, you know, I kind of felt the same way up until you said plain cake. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not definitely yet. like, I, yeah, I can't, well, I just, I, I can't take a lot of sweet stuff. Like, like I used to like cake a lot. Now, like most cake, if there's like like a decent amount of frosting on there, I just can't do it. Really? Yeah. Um, But donuts, that's one thing. I was actually thinking about that when I said the maple bar because the place, that's the problem that I have with the maple bars here is that they're just so sweet. They're too sweet. It doesn't taste like anything. It just tastes like, you know, like frosting, like sugar frosting. Yeah, which is what I used to like. That would have been perfect. <laughs> a maple bar, for people who don't know, is a long, also called a long john, I think in Missouri. Yeah, that's right. Isn't it a long john? That's what they call them here, yeah. Yeah. What about an old-fashioned? I'm going to drag on the maple, the, the, the donut stuff. <laughs> do you do an old-fashioned or not? Sure. Yeah. You know, like, there's like... I honestly, there's, I can't tell the difference in like the, it just looks like it was made different to me. Yeah, they are made differently. And I can't, I can't remember. I looked it up to figure out what the difference was, but there is some, there is something Whoa. different about the, <laughs> I'm boring. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> All right. There is something different about the old fashioned. I can't figure out what it is. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I think I'm a little food centered. Yesterday I had a terrible stomach ache. I mean, it, like I've had it once before in my life that was so bad. I mean, just hard for me to stand up. And it was it was 12 hours of you know pretty pretty unpleasant. I was worried for a little while there, but I think I just I think I just um, I need to turn down the acid or something. Uh, I mean, the acid in my stomach, not the you know. Oh right, I see. <laughs> not that, not that. I was uh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking. Guy. I don't know, man. The worst I've ever had it. I, we got we got norovirus when I lived in or, uh, Washington. Oh, uh, that is the worst. It's like having two stomach flus at the same time, basically. Yeah. No, oh, it sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like a forty-eight no. hour thing, but it's that forty-eight hours sucks. You're sick from from all orifices, basically. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's not very fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd count my blood. I was just, I just had a very like sore stomach. 
like gas. It was like I had to like. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> yeah, listen to what we talked about. We talked about norovirus, me having gas, Rudy having gas. I don't know you being. What a disgusting podcast <laughs> this is. <laughs> Hey, you're going to cut that part out about me peeing, right? We're just going to cut and then we're going to be talking about Well, not now. Now you've, meant, now you've mentioned it. No, no. Now you got to cut this part too. <laughs> cut the whole thing out. What are you talking You got to no, go in there and just trim, you know, trim. My magic. Out. Okay. All right. All I'll right. Just I'll it'll just be like we're talking about donuts and then all of a sudden we're like, all right, guys, bye. <laughs> all right. I'll cut out the, I'll cut out the first part about the, but not while we're talking about it now. How's that? I could just yeah, cover it up a with noises or something. I don't know. I mean, you know, you need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Noises. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to use? What do you think I'm going to use? <laughs> okay. I need to go. <laughs> My new favorite sound. That doesn't even sound real. No. It, it, sounds it, like, it sounds like a balloon. <laughs> it sounds, yeah. I mean, it sounds like the fart machine we had when we were little. Yeah, here's it. Here it is in slow mo. Did I play this one for you? Oh. No, you didn't. Oh, that's. <laughs> I wish just, you hadn't. Yeah, then you can. You can really tell what's happening. That is an old man. There's some reverb right there. You know, as you get old, everything loosens up, like all of the sphincter muscles. You know, everything uh-huh. gets. <laughs> Well, we made it to 15 episodes. That's pretty impressive. That's <laughs> a good right. run. Yeah. Uh, don't use that word. <laughs> what, what are you doing today? It's Sunday? I got some laundry to do. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's about it. I'm, I'm not going to do anything. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to save the quiz then for Billy since he didn't show up. Yeah, we'll do it next okay. time. Yeah, we'll save do, yourself we'll do it. doing some for yeah, the rest right. of the week. Right. That's for sure the longest part of the prep for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. All right. When are you going to see Danica again? Oh, I just came from her uh, from her house, so okay. uh, probably in a couple of days. All I right. I went over there both nights this weekend. So. Okay. All right. Well, say hi to her for us. Oh, I will. We're looking forward to seeing you guys sometime. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, I was just going to sign off, but you know, the one thing we didn't mention is Biden says that his team has not seen any detailed plans for distributions within the states. He's seen stuff at some level about how to get things from the drug manufacturers to the states, whatever that means. But then actually getting them from you know, from the, from the, these trays of big vials into actually injecting in people's arms. It sounds like this has not been very well, you know, figured out yet. So even, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's there and maybe Biden's team just hasn't seen it because all the slow walking of the transition stuff, but I hope they get their, their stuff together um, on this because the vaccines look like they're going to work. And, um, I know they're they they don't have as many of them as they thought they were going to have, but you actually yeah. do you know that last actual I mean there's like two steps that are really critical. You have to vac- you actually put the vaccine in somebody's arm, and then you have to get them to come back in two, in three or four weeks and do it again. And if you don't do that, it's like 
you know, nothing. It's like, it's like the vaccine doesn't really exist. I didn't realize it was a two injection thing. Yeah. All of them so far are double doses and they're three to four weeks apart, which is tricky, right? Because, you know, you're doing this, you're doing this at scale, like millions and millions of people and you have to keep track. Like when you're supposed to come back, they don't really know what happens if you come back at four weeks instead of three weeks or, you know, or two and a half weeks instead of three weeks. I mean, I guess they'll find out, but somebody's got to have the hell of a calendar. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's not trivial, this stuff. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that Gina is all over about. You know, like I'm always thinking about abstract kind of conceptual things, but Gina's like, where are people going to park? That's that's totally fair. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, that is, where the hell are people going to (laughs) park? I mean, they have the testing sites. I think there's some areas that have like, you could probably either convert or, you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, that, that it is tough because it's like it's not like you want to get rid of those either. No, correct. And some of these, you know, one of the vaccines, the Pfizer vaccine, I think I have that right. Yeah, the Pfizer vaccine requires storage at a very low temperature. Now you can, I think you can go for about twenty four hours, where you can just use like you know dry ice or something like that. But you can't have. But then you got to know exactly how many doses that you want to have in that big place with all the parking. You know, it's, there's all these, there's like the intersection between has ample parking, is freeway close, and has big, big ass, you know, freezers, and then getting enough staff. Like, it, it becomes pretty tricky really quickly. And it's at the level of, you know, communities and cities and parts of cities and neighborhoods and all that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, the more you think about it, you know, the more daunting it all becomes. To me, I mean, there are people who do this kind of stuff or things like this all the time. So it's not like there's a shortage, but it takes time to do it. And you would think that with the warp speed thing, they would have somebody would have been working on this while the vaccines were being trialed. You would hope. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's. I don't really know. There probably are some. There probably are more plans than we know about. But I, yeah, I don't know. Well, the worst thing would be if, I don't know if it's the worst, but one a bad thing would be if each state was, you know, kind of trying to do this on its own. Some states would do a good job of it because they've got enough of the right kind of people in their public health departments. And then other states might not, you know, they may just not have anybody who can do this, right? I mean, why would you? You wouldn't have somebody standing around for 10 years waiting for, waiting to plan to do millions of vaccinations, that's the problem with yeah, laying it on the states, right? You want, you know, I don't know. Oh, now I'm upset. Yeah. No, no. I mean, that's, yeah, I don't, that's the thing with this is it's all just based on like lack of information. Yeah, you're right. And in, in anytime there's a lack of information, clearly after, you know, talking to you every week, it's clear that anytime there's a lack of information and it's an issue about which you are interested how one, I don't mean you, how one reacts says as much or more about you than it does about the situation, right? How you interpret that video of people, you know, taking the boxes or suitcases and all that yeah. kind of stuff, right? You don't have any information. You have this one video and it's of something that you've never seen before. And there's a voiceover that's telling you what it means, or there's no voiceover telling you what it means. It's like a Rorschach test. It just gonna, it's going to say more about you than what you're actually looking at. So the fact that there's, you know, that Biden says he hasn't seen any plans doesn't mean there aren't any plans. It says a lot about what my fears are. 
um, but may not say anything about reality. No, totally. I mean, yeah, it is, it is, that's just sort of the anxiety inducing thing about living in the world we live in now, which is just that, yeah. like, you know, there's no reliable information, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I hope that's not true. I mean, the weird thing is it's, it, that's not true. If you know something about the, if you know something about the domain, you can, you can pretty quickly like sniff out whether somebody who's speaking from some authority is actually saying something, you know, reliable, but you can't have information about all these domains. Right. So I don't really know, like, like voting, I don't really know anything about that process at all. I don't have any idea whether somebody telling me it's like, this is routine stuff. And this is just, you know, this is making, make, spinning up something out of nothing, or this doesn't look right. I mean, this seems really, or like you said, it's somewhere in between these, these are people doing normal stuff, but they're completely, you know, burned out and tired and, you know, want to brush their teeth and, you know, go see their families or something. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's more what I was trying to say is that you can't really believe it's like, because of sort of the gap between your own understanding and the fact that we can't really, it, it's incredibly like, it's hard to trust anyone who's in a, a sort of position of authority. Um, you can't, I mean, I think that's why it's like a Rorschach test is because there's no one who can tell you reliably, no, that's not actually what happened. And there's no way that you can really learn that because at some point that's going to mean you're going to have to listen to someone else. <laughs> you know? do, you th do you think that you can't trust anybody in position of authority or are you saying somebody in a political position of, uh, position of authority? I mean, do you think, for example, that and that – epidemiologists for the most part are sort of disinterested or interested, but not conflicted, or they're both interested and conflicted when it comes to something like, say, how to handle the coronavirus or how to handle vaccinations. I mean, I think the, the problem is that they are, they're trying to do a scientific method of this in a world where everyone, like, there's no certainty of information and it's tough to, I mean it, it, it's based on your attitude that's the problem it's based on your attitude whether you think that you can trust you know because we all can kind of acknowledge that there is a large part of people in power that you can't trust it's then it becomes a lot more squishy whether you can sort of spread that on to scientists and things like that. Like, I don't think that really, but I, th you know, it's hard to make a logical argument to someone who doesn't agree with me on that. That is in any way convincing because yeah, it's, it's the, the, the thing that the factor that you're arguing about is your trust level in someone, you know what I mean? Or, or a process, which is something that is kind of, not bound by the like it, it it's not something that you can just say oh look here i'm going to show you proof of this because it's like you know I, I just think we've gone to the point where it's all on shaky ground by the time we're getting to these arguments well that's really sad i mean i think there's like so when i think about it i think let's say scientists it doesn't have to be scientists it could be experts <clears throat> 
most of the experts, most of the science stuff can, can, I think, I think you could argue or you could show even that, um, they can answer questions of what is fairly well or better than an amateur. That's what makes them an expert. So questions of what is are like, you know, how effective is this vaccine at, at reducing infection, right? We do a randomized control trial. It could, you know, that whole, that could all be shady or whatever, but it's kind of like voting, but it's like the facts are voting or something, right? So that's a question of what is. That doesn't not actually tell you in whom you should, you know, if you have a, a scarce number of vaccines, who should get vaccinated first? Or if you have a, you could, I think what is could answer questions like, um, if you if you have people that are mixing at this rate and are and at this distance with this frequency, you know what's the what's the replication number of the virus? How quickly does the virus spread? You can answer. You could probably answer that question. But that person, whoever can answer that question, is not likely to be an expert in trying to strike a balance between public health and economic health of a community. Like that's a whole other thing. Like the economic side is a whole other thing. And then the value question about like how much how much health risk are willing to take to keep businesses open, that's a whole different question. And then the question of, you know, how much how much debt should the country take on to keep these businesses open? That's another question and that's not a science question. I mean, it's mostly not a science question. So once you try to get to the level of what to do rather than just what is, the scientists have, you know, they, I think they can speak to it, but I don't think they're experts on the issue of what to do, unless the what to do is pretty straightforward, you know, or overwhelmingly yeah, clear. That's true. I also think, though, like the what is part of that, it's a lot simpler for people like you than other people who don't come from a scientific background where you kind of understand some of the basics of this stuff to begin with. And so you don't have to learn it now that the floor is completely wobbly. You know what I mean? Like you, you already know that stuff. It seems, it seems baseline. It seems not assailable yeah. to you, but like to sort of argue against that a bit, like think of when we were talking about the, 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 two vaccine trials and there's one of them where there's they're both saying they have these great efficacy rates but one of them has a much more you know robust sort of testing methodology than the other one and so how do you explain that to someone who doesn't understand testing methodology without having them trust someone yeah. I, well, I do think it requires trust. I don't think, I think that's right. I mean, I think if your argument is basically um, that, uh, that tr you can't trust anybody and therefore, you know, it, everything's kind of up for grabs and expertise doesn't, you know, matter, then I think that's true. I mean, obviously that's kind of true. And I, I do think there is a trust problem. I mean, I think there's a, just a general trust problem. And I don't know. I don't know really what the solution is because we live in a world that's so complicated that we do have to trust other people. We do it all the time. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I think the the issue is that we constantly see people not fulfilling their duties and not yeah. doing the things that we need them to do for the society to operate in a normal way. Yeah, so I agree with that's that. That's what has to happen for anything to start from. There. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Um, that the that the lack of trust is somehow 
you know, the fault of the people who should be doing the trusting. That's no, not, no, yeah. not at all what I meant. I'm agreeing with you, I think. But I'm saying, I mean, it's, um, everything will, if, you, if you stop, I mean, in some ways, this is like the 50 bits thing. We, our attention is focused on something. And so we're like really, you know, like we're, everything else kind of fades into the background. But we don't really think about this when we get in our cars and drive around. We don't really think about this when you drive over a bridge or when you use your computer. Or, I mean, we're sort of trusting all kinds of stuff. And I don't mean trusting from a nefarious point of thing. I mean, we're trusting that the engineers d did their job when they built the computer and you paid for the parts. Like they're actually going to do what they say they're going to do. Now it's a small thing because you can, you know, if you make a mistake, you can back up and try again. But, uh, but in some ways it fades into the background because you have to, you know, when you sit on a chair, you don't run a bunch of calculations yourself to see, well, okay, is this actually going to hold me up? You just sit on the chair and pretty soon you, you know, you have every, like every ounce of you trust the chair to hold up your butt. Yeah. Um, but some of these stakes are a lot bigger, like you like you're pointing out, like the stuff that we're talking about now, public health or or the health the economic health or the, the mental health, you know, like just the just people's happiness with life. You know, we're those rests on a society that in, in some that definitely it's a modern society, so it definitely requires this interplay between you know the marketplace and 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 constraints on the marketplace. And in the, in the, you know, the creation of opportunities and access to resources from people who don't have it, if you really care about lifting the whole, you know, well, I guess it depends on what you're trying to do. But all that stuff, all that trust has gone down the tubes, right? I mean, that's your whole, I think that's your platform. Your plat what you're saying is your basic, I mean, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth because I'm trying to understand you and I'm buying into a lot of it, is that. You know, people are people. They're not bad. They're not mostly not evil. They're they're mostly trying to do their jobs, and they'll they'll they have principles, and most of the principles are pretty good, and they'll they'll adhere to those principles until they collide with a higher principle, and then they have to decide whether or not to jettison or not, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, the system is built to keep the system going. So, and and the system is built to you know to exchange power and money and influence. You know, you can just there are mechanisms by which you do one. For, you know, you can trade one for the other. And the result yeah, of yeah. that is a society that doesn't work very well. And it doesn't. It, it shouldn't be. In some ways, the our experience is saying it should not be trusted, depending on who you are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah sorry, that's a long long way to say. I agree. I mean, I think I understand why it's happening. We've been fed. Oh, we've been fed. We've been fed a bill of goods. We've been fed a lie, yep. and we and we've swallowed it more than once. And the problem is that there's people there that are willing to say, "Yes, you were fed a lie," and then feed them another lie. Yeah, a different lie. Or that's that's always been the. I mean, I think that's the. That's just as much of a problem on the left as, as it is the right. Yeah. The issue is that the left isn't good at taking power, so it's never really been that big of a problem. Yeah. At least in this country. <laughs> yeah, that hasn't been a problem. Oh. Okay. And the, the problem, it sucks because, you know, you could have everything be right. You could pick the perfect system and... If you're not like if you're not really good at your job and surrounded by people that are also really good at their job and all have the same sort of end goal in mind, it can still go down the tubes very easily, you know? Yeah. 
you do everything right and it's, it'll still not necessarily guarantee that you'll have a successful and prosperous society. Yeah. And so we're not, we're not anywhere close to that. So it's like, you know, it's right. That's, that's the, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We shouldn't be worrying about that part of it. Right. Perfection's not really the problem. Yeah. Not even the, the, the pursuit of perfection isn't even yeah. close, you know? I'm reading, so in our book club, I'm reading a new book, which is called, I think it's called Rewriting the Rules. It's by a guy named Stiglitz, who's a Nobel Prize winner, and he's had a bunch of other Nobel Prize winning people. And I haven't gotten more than into it in the first couple of chapters, but basically he's, the assessment is that the, that the the modern economy is not working, that we've had, you know, 35 years of supply side, conservative, you know, Reagan-esque sort of approaches that said that said if you if you took this you know that the that all the boats would be lifted i think that's what they said a tide lifts all boats or something like that it's a trickle down kind of deal right you make things better for business and then business makes things better for its employees and all that kind of stuff but but those things don't actually they don't actually work so these businesses you you give them tax cuts and you you know you deregulate and all that kind of stuff and they end up instead of reinvesting those things which was the theory you know, get more employees, make more investments, spur innovation, uh, produce, you know, services and goods at a you know lower cost, which helps consumers and workers. Um, they just end up sitting on piles of cash because, because U.S. dollars are actually, you know, not such a bad investment depending on, you know, depending on what else is going on in the world. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I'm just really interested. They have, I mean, they're, this is a book that's a few, few years old, but not super duper old. I think that was maybe funded by the Ford foundation or something, but they're going to say it's not his, his premise or hypothesis or assertion is that it's not just a matter of redistributing wealth like that. That won't really fix anything because the rules are broken. The rules are written yeah. to um, to do a certain thing, and the system is producing exactly the outcomes that you would expect given those rules. Um, and so it's about, I, I mean, I'm really interested to see what, what he has to say. Um, I'd like to see how hard, it, how, hard, how hard it would be to, you know, like what's required to change to these rules. I suspect these rules are going to be pretty hefty, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing too is it is – Overall, we're talking about group sizes that we are not really so hardwired to yeah. understand how to navigate very well. So, you know, I mean, it's, it is kind of going against much of our instincts in a lot of these areas to, to try to solve these problems. So it's like mm. even – the problem is that I think even if you have – a really good rule set that you come up with, you know, it it just relies on a lot. That's kind of the issue is. So I think a lot of the sort of partial solutions that people, um, partial solutions that people bring up, I think are mostly an attempt to just lessen the pain and lessen (laughs) the, the issues of right now as kind of like a, I don't know. It's like palliative. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like it's not like a solution, but it's 
it's something that'll help in the meantime. Well, it's interesting. I'll 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 keep you posted as I read it, but it's a good that's it, a good caveat from you. I mean, I think those kinds. I don't know whether that observation is. I, I think it's correct. I don't know if it's you know fundamental to this question, but it could very well be. It could be that things in the environment have changed, like in a social environment. I mean, have changed so much more rapidly than we've changed that we're still used to groups of you know a hundred or less or 50 where you can keep track of everybody pretty well and you can figure out who can be trusted and who can't be trusted and you can punish the people. I don't mean permanently punish, but punish, you know, cheating or punish, um, you know, a a breach, a breach of trust, which is the way, I mean, that is the way we're wired um, for the, you know, that's what, that's what distinguished us from a lot of other groups. So a lot of other animals Mm-hmm. So it may be that our that the technology of society in which we have these gigantic, you know, if you think about the United States, it's like a humongous number of people, and uh, you know, and we're electing one person in the system to be president, and then you know, five hundred fifty people to you know be representing us, and you know, there's not an easy way to figure out who's who's breached our trust. Right, which is which is what a lot of our instincts are about, you know, blushing and and the ability. It's like there's all kinds of jealousy. There's all kinds of things that we're wired to do to you know to to really root out somebody who's who's breaching trust and then punish them um, because it's the only way that cooperation works. It's the only way that a group can move ahead. Uh, and, and and everybody and everybody win by doing so. I think maybe what you're saying is that we're at this point now where everybody's not winning by doing so, and we can't. And the people at the bottom can't really tell what the hell's going on, and certainly can't punish people. Yeah, and even if they, yeah, exactly. Even if they could understand, it's you know, it's it's a lot different to understand what's going on than to challenge it. Um, and I think also. You know, now that we're in a kind of a globalized system, you can't just kind of eat the losses easily. Yeah. Um, you can't just sort of assume that things are going to work in a, in a way that will benefit the country anymore. So, yeah. you know, it, it's just, it's something where I think the competitive sort of, I guess, cultural character of our country is sometimes more of a like a, an issue than it is a benefit because now we're in this sort of like unmoored like you know what i mean like if, if you really want to be as competitive as possible then you know we're going to bust down everything in the country till we're all getting yeah. hired for you know the wages of of people in like india where there's like three times as many people as there are yeah yeah no. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think it's time to call it a wrap. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if my brain can take anymore. I got I only have six months of storage. I'm gonna have this is this is a pretty heady thing. So I'm gonna have to kick out some other stuff at the back end. <laughs> yeah. Or I could just listen to the podcast again. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Just just wait six months. Just like put it on the calendar. Yeah. Right. Good. All right. <laughs> okay, Bob. It's always good talking to you. I mean, it's never it's never a, a mental breeze. 
I'm not <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, it's, hopefully, it's some of this stuff sticking for me. I, I, I think it. I think so. I don't know. I'm definitely looking at the world a different way. That's for sure, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, that's you know. I don't know. It's at least interesting enough for me that it's like kind of outweighs the sort of mental stress. Well, you, I mean, it's like an hour and a half every Saturday or Sunday, every weekend. I mean, so that's not. <laughs> That's not trivial for a young Something, young yeah. buck like you. <laughs> okay. Well, go do your laundry. Yeah, yeah, all right. Okay. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I love you. I love you, too. Thanks for talking, bud. No problem. I'll talk to you Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.